You are sitting in Bat's theatre. You are listening on the internet. A bright light blinds you. We are taking control. Images burned onto the inside of your eye and the inside of your mind. A tapioca cable car running on licorice whips, mildly disappointing some visiting marshmallows. <laughs> the frail, stooped figure of Adolf Hitler hunched over a crossword puzzle in his Brazilian apartment, stuck on the last clue, crying out for the final solution. And a street magician performing a good trick that people enjoy. <laughs> you are not sitting in bats. You are not listening on the internet. These are the things you could only see during the witching hours. Did you hear it? That trumpeting trill, that reviled reveille, that most feared of commonplace noises, yes, that alarm clock. Each day, all of us are thrust yawning and wincing into the brilliant humdrum realm of the upright. As we wake, ruining our meager harvest of sleep and shaking our rotten dreams from out our noggins, a stark choice presents itself. Get up or lie sighing. As we enter the world, we are told to believe that it is here, awake, that things are as they truly are. Seeing is believing, and for that, you need to have your eyes open. But even in this waking world, one need only turn on a radio to be belted with sleep statements. Posturepedic this, biomagnetic that, eight hours those. <laughs> so which is really pulling the strings? Is it the rational and ordered world of the waking... Or are our lives, in fact, dictated by some shadowy force with its headquarters firmly planted behind enemy lines just west of a town called Bedtime? For the benefit of listeners who are still awake... <laughs> tonight's fable begins in the world we most readily recognize as being real. This one, the world of the waking. We call tonight's feature... The Graveyard Shift. Stu and Iris are brother and sister. They love their mother Phoebe, but they are worried about her. Lately, she has been talking in riddles and mad theories, passionately denouncing what is true and just, railing against thought and decency. Phoebe is an old woman, and her children fear the death of her husband, their father, has precipitated a sudden dementia. Their mother is, they worry, about to lose it. This is where we come in. Dig, if you will, this word picture of Stu and Iris engaged in a talk. No, it's not normal. It's not normal. Old people lose their marbles. It's just what they do. No, not all of them. Some of them are perfectly fine right into three digits and they can sit there completely lucid and tell you all about life before cell phones. They didn't have cell phones in the war. No, they didn't. No cell phones in the war. They would have been rationed anyway, probably. No, what? They just didn't have cell phones back then. Mm. Oh, it's academic, I guess. Hardly. <sighs> well... 
What are your theories then? How can she suddenly be saying all this bizarre stuff and believing it? She's like a different person. I have a theory, and it might sound crazy, but hear me out. Ever since Dad died, she's been alone, right? Doesn't sound crazy so far. Have you noticed anything different about her since she's been on her own? She bakes more. And? Well, uh, she's buying more things. I mean, you know, she, she bought some deer velvet pills. She says an old man in a hat and a heavy coat told her to. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that our dear old mum has been hypnotised. Hypnot- by who? Why? I don't know. Maybe she's being trained as an assassin or maybe she's joined a cult. Brainwashed. She's been brainwashed, maybe. The things she's saying. It's just so unlike her. Unlike any thinking person. It can't be her. Someone or something has got into her brain, knocked down a retaining wall and painted the rubble with anger and lies. Her brain is one ship that has to be pulled out of its tailspin. Well, I suppose anything's possible, but let's keep this sort of talk to ourselves for now. All right, we better knock. We've been standing outside her front door for a while. Oh, hello, my darlings. Oh, I am grateful for the company. It's very quiet in the house since your dad passed. Did you know Asian people should go back from where they came from? Mum, that's not a nice thing to say. What's not a nice thing to say, dear? Oh, did I insult the poor again? Asians. We're filthy gamblers. No, Mum, there are no Asians here. Oh, yes, there are. Boatloads of the poor driving triads. Mum, you can't talk like that. Like what? You can't talk that way about, about immigrants. They'll take my blinking job, they will. You're 86. Oh, don't get me started on 86. We came to see how you were feeling, Mum. Who felt you up? No, you. (laughs) How are you feeling? Not at my age. Mum, are you okay? They say it was a white man, but to me, that had Muslim written all over it. Mum, that's enough. Enough is enough. Enough Enough is is enough. enough. Mum, I think it's about time we put you to bed, Yes. I know all about your death councils. Bad customer service, bad customer service. Have you had your tea, Mum? Hmm. Yes. Oh, Stu, it is you. Yes, yes, I've had my tea. Are you ready for bed? Uh, I suppose so, dear. Thank you so much for coming to visit me. So quiet in this house since your dad passed. Dr McGurk says a routine is important. Have you been keeping to your routine? Yes, yes, blooming yes. Three square meals, tally in the afternoon. Sleep eight hours a night before the alarm wakes me up at six. I have been sleeping well though, darling. The best I have in years. I find if I just leave the radio on for company. That's good to hear, Mum. Let's get you to bed now and we'll check on you first thing in the morning, all right? You won't stay for tea? You've had tea, Mum, but yes, we are staying. We want to make sure you're all right. Do you have any objection to us staying for the night? Smuggled it in in a boogie board bag. Well, hang the lot, I say. Oh, okay. (laughs) Time to get you to bed, Mum. Never trust a scientist who doesn't work for an oil company. You're right, it's gibberish. Sometimes nonsensical, sometimes offensive. Sometimes she just sounds confused. Well, yes, but try telling her that. She just barrels through this garbage with passionate intensity. Tent cities are what the Haitians should have been living in anyway. Who told them they could have had buildings? Buildings are for Westerns. Mum, get to bed. Later.
Of course, it's all so obvious. It was right under our nose this whole time. Oh, no, 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 no not that much later. Oh. Um, <laughs> just about 20 minutes later. Right. All right. Good night, Mum. I just don't see why we needed a sexual revolution. Why not have a revolution about something nice? Are you ready for bed? There is no evidence to suggest people have ever had any impact on the planet at all. Well, maybe we should leave her. Oh, darling, please just turn the radio on before you go. All right, well, we will. Good night, Mum. Completing the short-range forecast, uh, taking us to midday tomorrow. Glad you could join us for the graveyard shift tonight. I'm Ross Moonface with you till six. Back to your calls in a moment, but first I am joined in the studio by Sarah Gelpin, who's in charge of quilts at the Cambridge Bedding Museum. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome! Oops, sorry, you say that. (laughs) No, I do feel welcome, thank you. Uh, Shall we start again? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's. Welcome to the program. Uh, Now, I suppose most listeners will recognise you from the second season of the documentary series Armed to the Quilt. Yes, where quilters and army territorials swap jobs for a month. Terribly unfair, I would have thought. (laughs) Yes, those soldiers have such brutishly big hands. And, of course, not to be confused with the rather cynical knockoff show Kill or Be Quilt. Yes, or the rather good documentary series How to Take an Armenian Quilt. There has been a big interest in this sort of thing recently. Oh, I think there's always been an audience for programmes about quilts and guns. It's just that people who make the television programmes generally forget about us. Mm, interesting. Do you think she's asleep? Who? The old woman? Yes, Phoebe, the old woman. I'm not sure. Let's see. Phoebe? Phoebe! Okay. Let's go. Tread, trot, tread, trot. I want some of what you've got. What have you got? What have you got? What have you got, girly swat? You should be afraid, but I see you're not. I'm going to tie your veins in a knot. A knot, a knot. Oh, no, not that. Why don't you turn her into a bat? Or even a tiny, diseased wombat? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Death underscored, death. Trust in us, Phoebe, trust. In us. Trust in us. Listen, Listen to, to us. And that was Sarah. Now back to your calls, back to your calls, your calls. Death as a verb. Do as a noun. Nuns. Coming up, meet the local body politician who's not afraid of Batman villains and grates his own cheese. Coming up, is Elvis alive? We talk to a man who claims to be Elvis who says no. Coming up, a man who ate an entire Jeep to win a bet and lost because he misheard the bet. The bet was, I bet you can eat that whole Jeep. You are sitting in Bat's theater. You are listening on the internet. I am taking control. Coming up, meet the twin boys who rebuilt a tandem bicycle they say they owned in a former life. Coming up, meet a German shepherd who's terrified of Alsatians. Coming up, meet triple uncle pile up Roger, Roger, Gavin, Gavin too. Let's roll out, eat sausage, eat sausage, go ape, go ape. Let's us down for the dinner, dinner, dinner time. We double uncle pile up, uncle pile up, old days, old days, old days. And now, a message from your dead husband.
I wanted to write a story as though I were Edgar Rice Poe. But you see, this is the same style of rewriting. I am bringing in a little of me, and I hope to see the opera. Oh, I can't imagine why they show that to anyone. You can't hear anything. Circumstances. It's still great. I say you are a genius. I love the text because I like it when someone is speaking. It sounds as though it is, but it isn't, but it sounds as though a company will pray. Translate it into Dutch. It's very good. It's not the best quality. Never leaves you when it wants to. Stays in your mind always. I am very glad. It's typical. I don't know. It is. It is. It is. I became so enamored of this that we were making a recording of this. In English. This is happening. Nobody can step in and stop it right now. We have different people. Having gone this far, it, is it not fair to, of you to stay? Me and my family went to eat there after a day of hiking. We all paid $25 a plate, and we expected to get something. We ordered two lasagnas, roast lamb, roast goose, goose, liver, uh, pate, oh, and a hate burger with extra jealousy. We went to sit at the marble column. The lady asked us if we wanted coffee before we started to eat. We usually take it after we dine. And we said not right now, maybe after dinner. And she said it was because she was closing the coffee machine. It's now or never. So we said no. We arrived at 18 hour, 100 hours and 65 minutes. And they usually close at 2200 hours. You are sitting in Bat's theatre. You are listening on the internet. I am taking control. So uh, one minute after we sat down, the, the food arrives, and my brother tells the lady... Wow, that was fast. Quoth the lady to say, certainly, we only had to put it in the microwave. So basically, like nothing was fresh, like nothing at all, basically, besides the, the salad, besides the salad. bad, and not what we expected at all. At 1900 hours and three minutes. They closed the music, the lights, and the Christmas tree. And the windows. And the windows. Always the windows. Oh, good way to get to say get out. It's late. We don't care. So to conclude, you. please avoid this place. Service is bad. Food is horrible, and nothing is fresh. You're better off going to Sweet Hamish Parkinson's food restaurant. In the end, we had to set fire to the cook. Beep, 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 beep. Good morning. The time is news to investigate the crime in this bar. I have a long forehead and calls this morning for new mothers to interrogate suspects. Also today I was walking on the ledge and police say there has been a break in the case. Farmers today have given their support to a new initiative to sing like this. Twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. 
are sitting in Bat's theatre. You are listening on the internet. I am taking control.
Good morning, Mum. Sleep well? Those non-English speakers, send them back. Mum! Wait a minute. Stu, Stu, come here. Oh, I was listening to that, you premarital sex having... What is it? I know what's possessed, Mum. It's the radio. The radio is invading her thoughts and hypnotising her as she sleeps. No, the normal radio. It's those men like Leighton Laws and Larry um, Tamahere and all the talkback and news programme hosts. They're poisoning her mind. Of course, it's all so obvious. It was right under our noses this entire time. Give me my programmes. Mum, no! We're too late! A capital gains tax makes no sense! (laughs) And there we have it. (laughs) All the while, the source of Phoebe's illness had been hidden in plain sight. Or should that be in plain hearing? For... No matter what turns and tumbles our minds may take while we sleep, it is the bigotry and blind rage we willingly invite in that make the waking hours every bit as treacherous as the witching hours. This was The Graveyard Shift by me, Johnny Butts. Hannah Banks was Iris, Alex Grieg was Stu, and Al Wooden was Phoebe. The track you heard was Weather by Dave C from the album Hello 2000-2003, used with permission. 
The Witching Hours was created and script edited by Yutha Jean. Hello. Well, what are you doing? I am taking control. What kind of control? The control it says I'm taking in the script. What? But none of this is in the script. Does it look like I'm reading from a script right now? You, you just came up here and started talking over me. What's going on? Johnny, this is the way it goes. Gene, please, this is my episode. I wrote this. Why are you crashing my episode? Wait, if you wrote this episode, then you wrote all this too. Did I? <gasps> you didn't? Look, Jean, let me level with you. We've known each other for what? Eight years, three months, a few days. Okay, and in all that time, have I ever written a script with a good female part? <gasps> so why would I start now? You mean? Yes, Jean, you wrote this. Did I? You must have, well, maybe you... Infiltrated your brain. By means of... Ghosts or some shit. And... And this means I am... Doomed. I'm melting. I'm melting! Bewitching Hours was created and script edited by Yutha Dean and is recorded at Bats Theatre. It's a production of My Accomplice. Find out what else they're up to at myaccomplice.co.nz. None of this would be possible without the support of the red-hot William O'Neill. My name is Jean Sargent and I will see you here after the so-called comedy festival. Tell your friends, fly bats home, smash the patriarchy, more life!